What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spectora Spotlight. For episode 82, I have Joe Nice here today. And this was a great conversation from a new inspector perspective that just got into the industry like I think a year, a year and a half ago and has a very refreshingly practical, simple approach um, to his growth. So I think there's a lot that can be learned here. He has a sales background, um, sales management, and he applied some of what he learned there. But unlike uh, Phil Dancer, if you listen to that episode, who is just so charismatic, outward, you know, he's bombastic, he's all over the place, high energy. Um, Joe is a little more methodical and a little more reserved. And so hopefully for inspectors out there that are more skewed towards that, they can see, wow, this guy has had great growth um, and his approach has worked. And hopefully you can learn something from that. So hopefully you enjoy that from that perspective if you're more on the uh, practical reserve side, because I think he, he does it and he owns it and he has confidence uh, in, who he, in who he is. So um, hope you enjoy. Again, thank you everybody for listening. Send me guest requests. Um, and uh, leave a review on the podcast if you like it. And uh, again, share it. I, uh, I, I want more people to hear the pod because I think it's good for the industry. Um, and I think a lot of people outside Spectora think it's just us selling Spectora when in reality, we're just talking about the industry and things that work. So please feel free to share it. I want to get more visibility out there, which breeds more guests, which makes for better content. So if everyone can do me a favor and share this somewhere outside of Spectora or share it um, where you think other people would find it valuable. And, uh, and I would greatly appreciate it. All right, everybody enjoy. What's up, everybody? Uh, got another episode of Spectora Spotlight. Joe Nice is here. Joe, thank you for joining me. Thanks for answering the call uh, from Louie. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Happy to be here. Um, I listen to a lot of these podcasts, so it's um, I'm, I feel fortunate that I get the chance to to talk with you and maybe share some insights. Love it, and it's nice when. You just, I think it was just a post you put out there on Facebook and then Lorna or Louie noticed it. And uh, I, I'm a big believer in just putting good energy out there and you did that. And then now we're chatting now. So uh, what do you usually do? I'm always curious what people do while they're listening. Most inspectors, just when they're driving inspection to inspection, what do you, when are you, what do you usually do when you're listening? Uh, you know, I, I found it pretty beneficial to um, lose myself in, in your podcast and a couple others while uh, bike riding, you know, riding up those hills it can get kind of uh, tedious and you just want to get to the top. But if you, if you find a good podcast um, and you can really uh, find some, some inspectors that I relate to and um, some inspectors that I, I don't relate to as much, but it's just motivating. It gets me deep in thought on what I can do um, better to keep driving my business. And, you know, I'm open for all sorts of ideas. You know, we're only just past a year now. So always uh, looking to improve and grow. And I love having folks like you on who have a, a quick growth story. I think, you know, there's time, you know, some people want to hear from folks that had kind of a slower path and maybe are in smaller towns, but you've, you've come out of the gates really fast. And I always find it fascinating to try to get into your brain to say like, what, what did you do to start? Where'd you come from? And some of your growth hacks, because, you know, right before we got on, you were saying it's not the typical way. And, uh, That'll be a nice teaser for what we're going to talk about. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your backstory and where you, where you came from. So home inspections is my second career. You know, my first career was 24 plus years in um, consumer beverage. A majority of that was craft beer and import beer, 
working for the suppliers, the manufacturers, managing the distributors and the sales teams. And, you know, that is a pretty intensely competitive market. I imagine. Um, and industry. And so if you think about it, um, there's thousands of breweries and thousands of beers out there fighting for very limited retail space. And growing. Yeah, it's exploded, yeah. right? I mean. And growing. And there's always a new brand or a new product. And, you know, how do you, how do you become successful in that? How do you grow your market share? So that's the, that's what I've, that's on my mind all the time. It's just what I do. You know, where am I going to get my next market share? How do I develop this brand, right? This home inspection company is a brand. Um, and I've found that you got to get some ambassadors. You got to, you know, get on the speed dial. We used to always say, we got to be on the sales rep speed dial. And I've taken that to, how do I, how do I get in the agent's phone, right? When they need an inspector, I want to be as easy to reach as possible. So one of the things I've always, my end goal is getting in their phone. You know, I want to be in the phone. It's not just a trade of business cards. It's get in the phones. And the favorites list. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, the iPhone favorites or whatever. I don't know what it is on Android, but yeah, being yeah. that go-to. So was COVID the, was COVID kind of the, the switch over point when it was like, okay, walking away from this life. It was, um, it was poor timing, maybe good timing. You know, I worked for a distributor and in the fall of 2019, they decided they were going to sell that, you know, I knew I was going to have a job with the new company because the big corporate machine was coming in to buy. Hmm. Um, so I had another job lined up in the industry and COVID hit and they put that job on hold, that position on hold. I have several friends that are real estate agents, very successful. And um, that was kind of the direction I was going to go. I had an open door to join the team, join the office, get the mentoring I needed to go. But I was also selling my home at the same time. And I met the home inspector and I just started chatting with him and it was instant. I knew exactly what I was doing. Really? So um, the minute he left, um, I started calling around and figuring out how to get into this and figured out that in Washington, we need, you know, 120 hours of classroom, 40 hours of field training. So that became difficult with COVID. Um, so the, the organizations that travel around to the different states, they put everything on hold. I, we have an awesome local um, school, Sophie School of Professional Home Inspectors here um, in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I talked to them and I really liked their uh, program, but they didn't know what to do with COVID. So um, I was fortunate enough to be the first virtual class that the state allowed. So they worked pretty hard to get the ability to do virtual. Wow. And um, so 10 hours a day, six days a week, two weeks in a row, sitting just like this. Learning. And, uh, yeah, the owner, JJ and Suzanne over there, they're, they're awesome people, great mentors, continue to work to bounce ideas off them. And um, I was pretty fortunate enough to hook up with them. And then it took, a, took three months to get my 40 hours. What so, was it about when you had that inspection done that like made you say, this is what I need to do? Because a lot of people get inspections done. Not a lot of them say, I want to actually do that job. Well, the inspector, he was very personable. So he let me ask him a lot of questions. And when I realized what he was doing, um, talking about the, the building science and just going through and um, developing this report, you know, he was analyzing everything. I'm a very analytical guy, I like the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, it just was like, I could do that. And when I talked to him about his financials and, you know, I talked to him about how many a day per week, per month, 
how long have you been doing it? And when, when he said, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years and it's created a really good life for me and my family. It's like, all right, I can do those. I did the quick math on those numbers. Yeah. So, wow. Good for you for being just so, like, so, uh, I guess in touch in the moment of just saying like, let me investigate this while you're here and then mm-hmm. deciding to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and was there any voice inside your head that said, uh, you don't have a background in, you know, construction or plumbing, like this might be too tough. Like I did think about that and, um, I am familiar with that. You know, I'm not afraid I've done some remodels. I've helped some friends with, you know, building some stuff out. I'm a homeowner. I do all my own maintenance. I'm pretty capable and confident when it comes to doing things, fixing things myself. Um, so no, there wasn't much doubt that I could do it. You know, let's, can I ask you, let's ask you to dig into that. Where does that confidence come from? Because I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. I listen to books. I read books. I'm always work, you know, I'm always helping our team work on their self doubt. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from within you? Uh, you know what? I don't know. You know, um, <laughs> I really do have a strong introvert side of me, um, but I also enjoy being an extrovert. You know, it just comes natural to me now after being in the industry that I was in. It's a very social industry. You know, you're out all the time. You're meeting new people. You're in a very social environment um, with libations and people having fun. And um, as a leader of sales teams or brands in that category, it's just it's natural for me. You know, I don't mind having a microphone or uh, talking to people, you know, and it, it's helped me a lot. I'm sure we'll get to some of the stuff I've done with real estate groups and yeah, give me the microphone. You know, <laughs> not. That's such a blessing to have led before to lead a team. Cause I think it takes some level of confidence to speak assuredly about something or to guide a vision before you, before it's happening. Uh, it takes some level of believing before it happens. Yeah. And Kevin, I, I'm not afraid to admit stuff I don't know, right? If I don't know an answer, I don't know something. I think part of my confidence comes from the fact that I can tell someone I don't know that, but let me give you the answer, right? right? We can't figure this out today, but let me find you the answer and get back to you. That's confidence right there. That's uh, it takes a confident man to be able to do that. Um, okay. So you get your license. Uh, at, at what point did you start kind of really understanding the game of like, oh, okay, I got to go meet these agents. I got to win them over. And then what did you do? What were your first steps to even say, this is, this is a different world, but you have skills that translate clearly. So I got friends and family that are real estate agents. I get my license. I call them up. I go, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> and they were like, get a few under your belt and call them back. <laughs> right? So that door closed. It didn't close all the way, but right. you know, I still have a friend that I've done several and he, I'm still not top of his list. And I think he does it intentionally. Um, so then um, I get the home advisor, right? So I do all the low lying fruit stuff. Um, I'm doing that. I start doing some Facebook stuff. I start door knocking, right? There was a, um, I don't know where I heard it, but someone said, you don't have to be perfect but you have to do it. You have to walk through those doors at those real estate offices and you yep. have to, and uh, we could spend a whole podcast sharing stories of the uh, getting past that front office, <laughs> that, that front desk person. If you're cold calling, um, it's not easy. Um, Let's dig into that first. Yeah. Just the real quick kind of like what that actually looked like and how was it scary? I guess with your sales background, probably not, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is post-COVID too, right? So not yeah, everyone's so there. When you walked into an office um, with the mask and you know, people were kind of like, hey, what are you doing here? No one's here. <laughs> you know? And I, um, I would go through my introduction. This is why I'm here. I'm a, I'm a new home inspector, just trying to spread some information about my company. And they would take my information and tell me they put it on the board. And um, sometimes I would be fortunate enough to get the, the person to call right? The operations yep. manager or someone to call. Other times they're just like, oh, we'll give them the information. They'll call you. But that was, that was tough. That is a grind. Um, so I had to figure out how to get to those people, the right people. And it wasn't going to be through just walking through the front door. I had to get to the agents. You know, I had to meet agents. I had to get the trust of the agents and then get the agents to introduce me to the, the operation managers to then get into the sales meetings. Yeah. What a, do you have any sense for success rates on that? Or, or was it just, Hey, I got to just go to as many as possible and the results will take care of themselves. Um, consistency is key. Yeah. You know, if I gave up at the first time I spent $150 on a bunch of um, Quizno sandwiches for just a regular lunch in the office and only three people showed up, um, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Right. Um, you know, I met in a quick story. I met an agent at a lunch, there was five of us just sitting around the table and they were like, Hey, this is Joe. He bought the sandwiches. He's a new inspector to this office. He wants to just talk to you. And I had this agent and she quizzed me. She was like, Hey, what's your background? And I told her everything. She's like, well, why aren't you from construction? What do you know about home inspections? If you're not from construction, she gave me the, the riot act and, you mm -hmm. know, small group of people just kind of all like, yeah. Whoa. And um, so I explained to her that, you know, every inspector in the state of Washington is licensed. Uh, what makes me a little bit different is I also am internationally CPI certified. So I took 12 additional certifications and continued education. Um, and I told, you know, she, she saw the confidence in my understanding and I followed up with her. You know, I got her card. I followed up a couple of days later with a text message that said, hello, here's all my contact information. It's really easy to save in your phone. If um, you ever need an inspector, let me know. And she called me. I was surprised. She called me and said, all right, um, I appreciate the, your candid feedback in the conversation. I'm going to give you a chance. If you're not any good, I won't use you again. Don't worry about it. I won't tell anyone that you're not that good. And um, thanks, I guess. Yeah, I was like, cool. <laughs> I'll, you, know, I'll, I'll, you just give me a chance. So she gave me a pretty easy layup. Right. It was a three-year-old home, a pre-listing inspection. And um, when she got the report 20 minutes after I was done with the inspection, she mm. called me and said, I really like this, this software. I really like what you're doing. Thanks for being so quick on the ball. Um, I got three more for you. What are you doing next week? And wow. they're all, most of them are pre-listing inspections. And I work with her three times a month now since that has happened. Um, all yeah. depends on her schedule. She's taken a couple months off, but, and she's great. Um, she, we've actually gotten to become friends. She's a great person. And um, we have some, some good conversations about, we'll, we'll find the same deficiencies and have different opinions about it, but it's nice to be able to have those conversations with her. So, wow. So um, it was, what would you say the, the confidence and how you spoke about your, your past, maybe even not being from construction and then the certifications and what else do you think contributed to her saying, you know what? Give you a shot, new guy. Um, I don't know. I think I, I can't put a finger on it, but she called and I took advantage of it. 
And uh, I treated her with all the professionalism and customer service that it requires. Um, and I went above and beyond. Her and you got the report out quick, which is interesting because I know some inspectors will obsess over a report the first time they have an agent and maybe send it later. Whereas it almost sounded like it worked to your benefit to get it to her quick. No, I put a lot of um, backend work into the software and I always um, build them on site. I trust in the, the comments I have in there. Um, I usually put one or two new comments in there. And, um, you know, my process is I build it on site with an iPhone. I'm walking around, I'm building it. Um, I take 10 to 15 minutes out in the, in the truck mm -hmm. where I clean it up. Um, I put it onto an iPad. I look at the report. I um, in most cases I walk back in and, um, I show the person the report right from the link they're going to get. And I let them know I got 10 to 15 more minutes of informational stuff to put in and then it's sent. And I look for grammatical errors, you know, on the stuff I have to do on site and, um, it's, it's done. It's right there. And I tell agents, it probably takes me 15 to 20 minutes longer on site because I'm putting stuff in, but you don't have to wait a day for it. That, and that really is, that. it's a big benefit. Oh yeah. As an, as an ex agent, I'll take that any day. It's like, dude, take the extra 15 minutes. Cause then I can whip up the inspection objection that evening and be done with it. Yeah. And there's been times when they got to make an offer in 15 minutes. Um, it's due and I don't have a, a problem sending them the report. So they have the information with the, the note that, Hey, I need to finish this report. You're going to get a new link for a final report, but here's the information. They love it. They're just all like, um, the software, the Spector software, it really is amazing. And it is, it's a big, it is a big piece of what we promote and what we use and, um, what we talk about in gaining agents. I tell inspectors sometimes, I tell new inspectors, this is part of your marketing budget is the presentation and kind of what you can mention to agents. It's a marketing uh, value prop for sure. Yeah, um, the, um, one of the gentlemen that, that uh, mentored me and helped me get my training hours was a kind of a little old school with the PDF and the check boxes. And he took some really good pictures and he really put together a good report, but it took him a while. And he tried Spector and a couple others. He didn't pick Spectora. He tried the other one. And then uh, after about a month, he said, no, nah, I'm just going back to Spectora. It's oh wow. Um, the learning curve's a little difficult, but once you get past that, if you stick to it, um, it is, it's amazing. Awesome. No, enough, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the, 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 what is what some would say was a dirty word earlier. You said home advisor, you used home yeah. advisor early on. Let's, let's dig into that because the perception sometimes is that it's just all bad. And I, I don't see that as true. Um, what was your experience? So home advisor is expensive, um, especially in this market. Leads, Google leads are $30, $40 um, a hit. Um, okay, so, so you're saying like when you advertise on Google, run ads when people search home inspector, yeah. Issaquah, Washington, yep. to show up at the top. That's what you're talking about, paper click. Yeah, and it clicks on. And you know that's how home advisor works. They pay for that lead, and then they sell it three times. Mm -hmm. So um, it's competitive. Um, and it's expensive, but the way I looked at home advisor was if a client, a buyer is using home advisor to find a home inspector, they don't have, or their agent doesn't have a referral for them. So I, I use that to get to the agent, right? I want, you know, our clients, there's not often, unless you're doing uh, a couple for a client in a month, cause they're not winning the homes, your clients are once, right? You get them once. 
Um, you want them to refer to their friends and family, of course, but it's the agent, right? The right. agent referral is key. And my number one uh, end game is getting in their phone and getting on their referral list. So I would always take the opportunity uh, with the home advisor client to meet the agent and start a conversation and ask the question, hey, who do you normally use? Who's your normal inspector? I noticed that you, you know, the client had to find me on home advisor. So um, and most of the time their inspectors were busy and they just tasked their client with finding an inspector. Wow. And um, I would ask if I wasn't able to get the ear of the agent during or after the inspection, I would call them the next day with a follow-up just to check in to make sure it was good enough. They were satisfied and asked the question, would you use me again? And yeah, you usually get a yes. So three of my top agents for the year came from home advisor. So while it wasn't profitable at the time, mm -hmm. I broke even on home advisor month over month. Um, but now it's, it's profitable. Wow. So, right? and from here on out, it, it just exponentially gets more profitable. I imagine because the more successful those agents are that you met, that mm -hmm. ROI just goes up. Yeah. And I haven't done the, the data on it yet, but I bet if I went back and looked at uh, agent I met through Home Advisor, not only the inspections that I've done for them, but how many have they referred me to? How many other agents have come into my portfolio because of them? And it it's probably double what I've done for that particular agent. To, so it be careful. My advice with Home Advisor is be careful. It can be really expensive, even a, a lost cause. But if you use it for a specific reason, whatever you decide to use it for, get in use it and then get out as soon as you can. Yeah. We, we teach a new inspector course up at InterNACHI every month. And I always tell the new inspectors, don't just believe everything you read, but also track your numbers with whatever you choose to put ad budget into, know your numbers and make your own distinction. If you're going to take risk, like put a thousand bucks or 500 or 200 against it and say, do I make more than that? And if you make more than that, I think you rinse and repeat, right? Because you're going to meet agents that know other agents. Yeah, you meet you meet a lot of agents, and so just be careful with Home Advisor. I spend a lot of time getting credits for bad leads and stuff like that. So that's my heads up to everyone. So at least you get credits for them, right? I mean, some you know that's are, have they are they decent about doing that at times when it, yeah. when it's bogus? Got to do the work. Yeah, yeah. It's a I view it as any other platform where you pay to play. It's like if you want the shortcut. Um, not the shortcut, but if you want to pay to get to the front of the line, you can do that. You just have to know how much you're paying. Yeah, you do. And there's, you know, I think there's some better opportunities out there for marketing dollars. I think um, working on SEO, organic SEO, um, having a good website, working with a good company to help you with your SEO and advertising is, is key. So. It's a good long-term. Yeah. Cause that's, uh, let's jump into that because, uh, Pay to play. So Google, pay-per-click, Facebook ads, home advisor, that's all short-term. And that's all, once you stop paying, the, the faucet turns off, right? And water stops coming out. I think that's great to get started. Now we're talking SEO, which is like long-term thinking of how do you rank first in Seattle, Washington or Issaquah, Washington? Mm -hmm. What what was your approach and when did you start focusing? When did you start learning about this world? Um, I learned by fire and learned by trial. You know, it's my first website, right? My first website was not that good. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with the company that called me and I liked what they were saying. I did some 
you know, back and forth with different website companies, including Spectora. And I chose this company and it was, they did not have my best interest. They had a proprietary platform that made it really difficult for SEO companies to work with it. So, and their thought was they could just keep all the SEO in-house and get all that money. And actually, um, I was talking to Doug at uh, Market Hardware after listening to his podcast and he took a look at the platform and he decided I can't work with it. You know, and I really wanted to work with Doug. And um, so that led to scrapping that website after three months and uh, working with your team to get a new website. I love the new website. I get lots of compliments on it. Nice. Um, I have a video on the homepage and I get calls from agents actually, Hey, where'd you get that video? It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I was looking at it before we jumped on. Um, I, I felt great about it. Yeah. And that's our backyard. I mean, that's right over Lake Washington, right over, not far from Issaquah. So, um, so Doug, Doug was a great guy to work with. I worked with him for a short period to get some things going. And, um, fortunately for me, I met someone that knows SEO very well. Uh, so I got to stop paying for it. Bring it in house. And to clarify that, uh, we work with market hardware. They're kind of our, I guess, preferred agency partner that actually works on SEO for sites that we build. And, um, and we partnered with them just cause they were straight shooters. They, they seemed like they had our clients best interests at heart. And that's people, that's who we align with people that can do straightforward SEO and, and work on that. So you had good results there. You get to bring it in house literally, which is great. Um, and so, yeah, so I imagine now you have all cylinders firing, which is why you've been able to grow so fast, right? You had, it is, and it's, um, it's all agent referrals. It really is. Um, when I drill down to it, it is, it is agent referrals. That snowball is moving down the hill and, um, it, I, it doesn't stop, you know, are you continuing to do agent growth acquisition activities or are you now in the phase of busy, busy, busy? You have all, no, your- I'm in the, um, hiring inspectors. Um, I have one that started last spring with a slow burn, and um, he's up and running now. Okay. And now it's it's two more inspectors coming on after the first of the year. They're both in the pipeline. And I'm continuing to um, work on agent acquisition. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, um, I'm still trying to get wider and meet new agents. But I'm also, the plan for next year, 2022, is to go deeper into those offices that I have good working relationships with and gain more out of each office. And is that going to be in the form of like events, presentations, kind of gatherings to kind of have yeah. them sell each other almost on you? <laughs> so um, I ask for the business, right? I ask to participate in as many events as possible, um, whether it be, um, I got a, a group here that in a couple of weeks, I'm sponsoring the Santa to come in and they're bringing all the agents are bringing all their kids in and I'm going to raffle off a, um, a free home inspection. Right. So um, I've also um, working with some of the offices on um, inspector information and knowledge with the new agents coming in. So we're developing decks that just kind of is home inspection 101. Mm. You know, what are the different furnaces? What are the different uh, water heating uh, appliances? You know, just giving those new agents an opportunity to understand what they're looking at when they walk into a home. And that's, you know, some every five to six weeks, I'm working with another, with their groups on 
here you go. Um, another idea I have is kind of a ask the inspector question, happy hours, you know, just come into the, get in their meetings. You know, we do a lot of these Zoom meetings, you know, and if I can have 15 to 20 minutes just to have someone ask questions or the group yeah. ask questions. So just can continuing to get deeper into those offices. You know, I got through the front door and now it's time to just keep um, evolving in those offices. What, I guess, how did you have the instinct to know that because these are all things we teach new inspectors and it, and it sometimes is a foreign concept to them. They, they don't under, seem to understand that like education and training is the key. Did someone tell you that, that there's a need for that? Or did you just intuitively think, Hey, they're new. They need to learn about the basics. It's part of my background, you know, um, coming from selling beer and working with a new distributor, they have a hundred people, they have a hundred of me's asking to talk to their sales teams, but why would they let me talk instead of someone else? What's the added value, right? Can I come in and talk about the brewing process or can I help them do some sales training, mm -hmm. right? So I've just transitioned that into the same, um, the same attitude. When I go into an office, it's a distributor, right? There's a lot of people that can go carry my brand out into retail or out into home buyers and sellers. Right. So that's, it's just the, it just carried over. Yeah. I love it. I think it's the, it's you're building relationships that FaceTime more now than ever in the age of zoom, you know, hopefully kind of wearing off and face-to-face -face becoming a thing again, they just know and trust who they're in front of bottom line. And so I think any inspectors that aren't, that don't have a sales background or as fortunate as you, I think there's a hump to get over to say, okay, you got to find a way to get that FaceTime. Yeah. And it, it's one of the challenges, um, that I have when recruiting inspectors, right, is finding those people that um, will carry that same thing. You know, it's not my brand. It's not my home inspection company. I want it to be ours, mm -hmm. right? And um, empowering them to feel that way so it comes out naturally that they want to do all the best things and bring the professionalism and customer service um, with them every day when they're out performing inspections and talking to agents. How do you think about recruiting? Are you looking for people like yourself that came from atypical backgrounds or are you wanting to mix a both of like construction trades background? How are you recruiting people now? It's a mixture of um, one asking agents, Hey, do you know anyone that's interested oh. in home inspection? And two um, working with um, the school of professional home inspectors here in Seattle and asking them, do they have anyone? And I also offer up field training for new inspectors oh, wow. and I don't charge. So it gives me a chance to just kind of get a feel, you know, it help them out if it's one inspection or, or two or three, or just help them out. And um, if they got that sense of customer service, then um, I keep talking to them. And I have, um, I have one right now that's studying to get his license and he comes from a, a construction type background with sales experience. So I'm interested in this opportunity with him. So, um, that's where I'm, that's where I'm hunting. Yeah. And what do you, I'm curious of what the conversation's like when you're in a sense, trying to obviously sell them on working with you and kind of folding into your vision versus going out and doing their own thing. Cause I think it's an industry where everyone thinks they can do it on their own, but not, you know, the, the numbers show only like one third can. Yeah. Um, 
what is that conversation like when you're saying, Hey, here's the benefits. Like I'm going out and getting all the business for us. You're hunting. Just ask them what, what drives them to be a home inspector. And I've talked to people like, I want to start my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do this. And there's a couple that I went to school with that are really doing a good job. I'd love to have them um, come join my team or merge. Um, and every time I call them and recruit them, they're just uh, now I'm having too much fun. Um, but I talk to guys and if they really are going to get after that and want to start their own thing, then I'll, I'll give them some advice and help them out. And maybe they change their mind. You know, it's not cheap to get going. And then um, others are just like, I just love doing this, right? I just want to be a home inspector and I'm hoping to land with someone um, where I can just wake up every day and go do a couple home inspections. Make Those are the guys that are like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I am hiring. I am looking to expand um, come first of the year. And then we continue the conversation. And I pretty upfront with them, let them know what I'm looking for and the type of person I need. And uh, then, you know, we put them in you know, a training process. I haven't really written down a training process yet, but I have an idea of how I like to train someone and, you know, step-by-step step and, you know, and that includes letting them present um, the summary, Yeah, you know, so, and see how they work. I'm noticing, a, I'm noticing a trend with you and I want to alert any listeners or viewers to this is that you seem to just ask the right questions. You ask, you ask people, Hey, do you know anybody, you know, that would be interested in getting into business. That's an underrated skill. I think. Well, Kevin, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but it starts with not asking the question is like hearing no. So if you are looking for something and you don't ask the question, you already heard no. You didn't even give the chance for someone to answer your question or say yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it starts with that. And that's always been something that, um, you know, and my friends and family get a little sick of it every once in a while because they, they think I'm always selling them. I'm always asking them questions. and, and Right. But it is. It, it's, it's not easy. But anyone listening that is new and intimidated, just remember that. Yeah. Not asking is like hearing no. Not walking through that office door and presenting yourself is like hearing no. You know, exactly. Not asking that agent if you did a good job is like hearing no. So. That's a great approach. I love it. Um, that might be the name of this episode. Um, you mentioned some things you heard on on other, on other podcasts, some that you agreed with and some you didn't agree with, uh, do any other things jump out that you've heard other inspectors say like, Oh, this is, this is terrible. I'd never do that. Or I always do this, that you were just like, Huh, I see it a little differently. You know, one of the things I was reminded of, uh, actually when I was listening to Phil dancer, uh, this morning, uh, trying to get caught up in preparation for this. Um, he talked about the social media, Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was really excited about what he did and it reminded me that um, while I got away from social media, you know, doing the agents and recruiting, um, you got to stay relevant on social media. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple good points that I really liked. And that was one, he doesn't post a lot, but when he does, he posts a good amount of stuff, like his reviews. He'll post uh, with the multiple slides. That's right. He said with yes. like eight that different really pages. Because I, I was doing that and then I got away from it. And also, um, I don't know who it was, maybe it was Phil, but he talked about um, reaching out to agents via um, Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's actually worked pretty well as, as well, just friending agents on Facebook. And then when they accept your friend, let them know, hey, this is why I, I reached out to you. And 
And some will say, hey, that's great. I'll put you on the list. Or then others are like, hey, I actually have an inspection coming up. Are you available? Just by, just like uh, by, by virtue of good timing sometimes. Yeah, you just never know. How you doing? Thanks for accepting my friend request. I'm a home inspector. And with the, the current state of our business and not having social interaction, I thought I'd reach out and say hi and introduce myself here. They're really simple. Link to the website and left it there. So simple. But yeah, people overthink it. I think people overthink well, it. Overthinking. I probably got one out of seven, one out of 10 replies with, hey, thanks. And then you develop that relationship. That's an amazing take rate for social. You think of the, all the noise on social media, like that's a pretty good percent hit rate if you're if you're looking at it from a sales perspective. It's not bad. And and speaking of take rate, um, Phil Dancer said something this morning, and you he, he was you were talking about how his, he had that high take rate. Um, so I did some math because um, I wanted to see where I was to rate against it. I think he's at eighty seven percent reviews. Right. Um, so I did I did some math. And I got some work to do to catch up with him, but it's, it's going to get there. I definitely have a number now and I know yeah. what I need to do. To get Knowing the number is the first step to increasing it and, and then backing into what do I need to do to get this in front of more people? That's a really good point, Kevin. And it, it really is how I, I grow my business. I set a goal and then you do the zero up budget on what is it going to take to get this, mm-hmm. right? Um, if I want to do a hundred inspections in a month, you know, by the end of 2022, what's it going to take, right? Um, you know, if I'm averaging 1.5 inspections per agent, right? I got to go get a lot of agents, you know, to right. then back into that average to then hit that hundred. I assume your sales background makes it very easy to set goals and, and hit them. Um, you know, I think that's a recurring theme, you know, each episode more and more the, you know, the influence of top down, finding a vision, finding your goals, and then going from there, not just sprint, 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 get busy, hire. You know, you know we had a thing um, in the sales team and I use this, it's called the BHAG. What's your BHAG, right? What's your number? What BHAG stands for big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, every time we would go into a new market or every market, we were like, we want to beat that brand in that category. Okay. What's it going to take to do that? Right. And while I don't think I'm doing it, I do it a lot when I'm looking at my goals and what I want to do and how I want to get um, to those. So, and then another piece um, of that BHAG is what other services can I provide? You know, if we're Mm. doing 100 inspections a month, what else can we do? And that that 100 is my BHAG, right, for next year. so there's, there's a lot are you of, doing ancillaries or are you venturing into that to say, okay, average ticket price could go up without more inspections? Um, yes. Um, uh, I am doing that. We are doing that. So the sewer scope started uh, four months ago. Okay. And that's proved uh, beneficial. And I love it when agents go, I didn't know you did those. Boom. Right. <laughs> love it. Um, and now I'm trying to figure out what's next. Um, I think, believe it or not, I'd, not stoked on it, but I think septics are going to be next, right? It's dirty job. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, what can we do next? Um, but we'll see. I get a lot of requests for septics. You're like, hey, you do Interesting. Septics. That's not one that comes up a ton, uh, at least, at least on the pod or, you know, people I follow, maybe it's something that comes up and they just don't mention it, but that's a good one. That's one that's a less. I thought, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I thought wells were going to be, um, a big request, but they're not. Hmm. I'm surprised by that. 
right? Well, yeah. and I'm guessing there, radon, mold, termite are those. Those aren't big in that region, are they? Radon is not. Um, radon's more uh, prevalent in eastern Washington and southwest Washington, but okay. up here in the northwest, it's not. Um, termites are always come around, and uh, wood destroying organisms are there. I think I want to do that, but I wouldn't charge more for it. I think I would use that as just a, we also do this as a complimentary service. Um, if you need me to write a specific report and, you know, maybe there's a small charge, but we are um, thoroughly trained in identifying. There's an opportunity there. Okay. No, I like that. I like picking, I like picking and choosing the things to charge more for versus bundle in and say, Hey, we're giving you overwhelming value for the mm-hmm. price and no one can beat that in this area. Yeah. And um, nothing can beat the um, customer service, you know, being friendly and being on time and, and understanding um, your clients doesn't cost any money, mm. right? It just takes a little bit of time and, and insights. You know, we like to, uh, when time allows, I'll call the client the day before and check in with them and introduce myself and give them just kind of a relaxed feeling of, you know, tomorrow's not going to be all doom and gloom. Um, and get their insights. What are they looking for? Is this their first home? Are they, you know, is it their fifth home and are they relocating? What's going on? Get an insight from them. Helps me um, make sure that not only in the inspection thorough, but tailored to what they need. That's special. That's something I don't hear a ton. Um, It sets expectations for one. And two, I think it relaxes and pre-relaxes them and it gives you info. So you come in knowing, okay, it's her fifth home. I can accelerate the conversation and, you know, I can tee things up differently. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to know their understanding of the home because you, you got to speak to someone that it's their first home. Um, or if they're, you know, if they're a construction guy, I mean, if they're on the job sites all day, every day, you talk to that person different. You know, not, if that's not good, bad, or indifferent, it's just how you communicate with that person. If it's their first time home buyer, you know, if they're anxious or excited, or if they're just like, yeah, I'm not worried about it, then, you know, you can take a different approach. Here's a brainstorm marketing angle for you. Do all your agents know you do that? Because that sounds great from an agent perspective. If, if I knew, I was like, oh, wow, my inspector calls them to set expectations and make them feel relaxed coming in. I'd love that. Uh, I think um, some of them know. Not all of them. It's just part of the the customer service. You know, yeah. if I don't have a chance to talk to them beforehand, um, or even if I do, I always stop what I'm doing when they get there to check in with them, say hi, recap what we talked about, see if there's anything new that's going on, and just to reassure them. Yeah. That, you know, we're gonna take care of you. I'm gonna find everything. Um, I always try to get to the job site um, early, 15 minutes early. Um, you know, 15 minutes early is on time in my book exactly um, with the intent of getting there early enough that I can finish the uh, exterior before the agent gets there if possible Ooh. it's not occupied you know that takes more than 15 minutes but I try to schedule it so I can be there um, early enough I think the agents like that that when they get there we're a half hour 45 minutes into the inspection already perfect um, their time is money so I just, I, I only, I only mentioned that because you mentioned the sewer scope. Now all agents knew you did that. The call the day before the show up 15 minutes early. These are all things inspectors, I think are too, um, I don't know what the word is bashful or shy, not letting agents know all the value they're adding, you know? And so that's a, there's easy ways to let them know, Hey, this is what you're getting when you work with me. 
yeah, I think I could do a better job with that in um, promoting that. I think it's um, what drives some of the repeat business. So I believe that those efforts are validated in the, the continued referrals. Um, and, you know, agents can relax because they know that their clients are in good hands. You know, it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about Joe or S4 inspections. You know, um, the other inspector, Max, has really developed into that same position of like, all right. And, you know, some agents will ask, hey, who are we getting? Is it you or Max? And um, they really don't care. They just want to know who's coming. That means you got a, that means you got a great one on the team. Yeah. Um, so what else has worked, what else has worked well? What else, uh, you know, have you, what other pitfalls have you avoided kind of on your journey? Um, I don't want to jinx anything. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, don't want to knock on wood too much here, but you know, another thing that I like to talk about a couple things. Um, one, Internachi makes a book, the, um, now that you've had your home inspection or yep. something along those lines, that book is awesome. Um, I share it with all the new agents. I give it to every, I leave it at every inspection with every client. Um, I share it and, you know, let them read it and hopefully they share it and gets back to, um, they hand it off. The, the, the goal is that they know someone that's about to buy a house and they hand it off and say, here, here's a great book called this mm-hmm. inspector. Yep. Um, you know, um, I think the downfall, if I had to pick one, um, is those, I don't know, you know what? Self-criticism is probably the hardest thing possible. So, Mm. um, I'd have to think on that one to come up with something that really adds value to this conversation. Hey, Um, but I can tell you that. Uh, there's been some agents that have chose not to call me there. And I don't know why, right. I'm sure there's been some, some times when we haven't communicated fully, um, but um, that comes with it. So Yeah. That's going to come anytime, you know, even yeah. if you're, you know, pricing, you know, even if you're the low price guy, there's going to be agents that just want something different or if you're the high price guy or anywhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, that's a good point, Kevin. Um, when I started, I felt that the, the price value was important and, you know, racing to the bottom, um, using the home advisor, you know, cause you know, a lot of people are price shopping. Um, it worked a little bit, but it really doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm up with, um, the market average. Okay. Um, I, I do have some price point at the bottom with condos, you know, one, one easy low price for condos doesn't really matter the size. Um, the smaller homes are a little more affordable, but I mean, it's based on square footage and it doesn't stop, you know, um, we've, we've had some $1,500 homes, um, and I'm not bashful when they ask and and people buying those homes don't, they don't bat an eye like, okay, you come highly recommended. Great. Are you available tomorrow? You know, the the value's there, the value, the value is there in, um, people do think um, they want to believe that they're getting what they pay for. So you've got to have some value and um, it, it didn't work. It really did. Work. Yeah. So yeah. if I could do it all over again, um, I would have started out a little bit higher, but now I'm there and I'm, I'm already looking at where we're going to go for um, next year. You know, everyone's paying more for everything. You know, the, the average price for homes here in the Seattle area is close to a million dollars. Right. So what's $500? What percentage of that of, 
is that of a million dollars. It's point zero 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 one, right? right? I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm exaggerating, but right. um, it doesn't. Um, 500 bucks should not scare people. 600, 700 should not scare people. No. And I just put out a video too on, on the, how, in, how real inflation is and your guys's costs are going up gas trucks, uh, the labor that we're all looking to, you know, work with and hire, it's all becoming more expensive. And so, um, that's economics 101, right? It, it, it gets passed along. Yeah, it gets passed along. And there's days when I'm filling up and I'm heading out, you know, I got a two hour drive to my first inspection and uh, my other inspector friends are, why do you do that job? And it's basically because I don't want that agent to have to call someone else. Yeah. No, I want to keep them in if I can't do the job um, because it's too far away or um, just we're full, I have a, a really tight list of inspectors that I uh, refer and we trust each other not to recruit our agents. Yeah. You know, so I know it's, it's not going anywhere. So, um, then I tell inspectors, get in there and make sure your modifiers are dialed in exactly the way you want them, inspector. So if you're going to drive two hours, 120 miles, you know you're getting compensated for it. And it just happens automatically in the quote. Yeah. And you know what? I think my biggest downfall, Kevin, is I have not explored advanced yet. Mm -hmm. uh, there is so much opportunity in there. Um, it's amazing what you guys have, have put together and built. And I'm looking forward to getting in there and using it. Um, but I can't say enough great things. No, appreciate it. And I think it's probably more appropriate at the point you're at anyway. You know, I tell people first year, probably not a lot to gain there, but once you start having sewer, septic, termite, whatever, um, man, the, the upsell capabilities there. Yeah, it'd be great to um, get someone on this podcast that has done really well with that um, similar in the transition, like how they start. Yeah. Um, what worked for them. I really want that automatic upsell in there with the, the ancillary services. With Definitely. Awesome. Adam Pontier, Adam Pontier, Pontier. Yeah. Um, great episode. I'll, I'll send it to you. But yeah, he, he jumped in right away. And I think he was making an extra 50 bucks on average per inspection, just from getting, I think like five out of 30 a month to take his upsell email and add on a product or a service. Oh, that's awesome. That's Right there pays for another employee. Uh, yeah. What else is interesting? What else is on? Uh, what else is on your mind? What else? Uh, what do you see coming in the future? Just curious. What? Uh... I'm. You know. Um, I'm sure you saw this article um, with um, Inspectify getting a lot of funding um, today. Um, I work with Inspectify um, for this area, um, so it's curious to see how that's gonna. Uh, influence the uh, inspection industry. Um, you know, I do rely a lot on the fact that you can't replicate someone being in a house, um, looking at the structure right. and getting in the crawl space and getting in the attics. But um, I'm just curious what what they're going to do to this. Is it going to be where they're going to bring in their own inspection teams, or um, and the bigger going to get bigger? You know, partnering with the Zillows and the Red Fins and doing that or um, are they going to be a value added to helping us get more business us as being the small independent guys that's what i was going to ask you what do they actually provide because to be honest with you i see their name and i hear it but i've never taken the time to dig in and find out what they actually do so 
Inspectify is, uh, they contacted me um, because I use uh, Spectora. They like that software. Mm -hmm. And they, they have a small handful of inspectors in every area. And what they do is they go out and recruit business and they, they take a piece of it, oh, right? Okay. So we talked earlier about paying for home advisor. Mm -hmm. um, this um, Inspectify takes a piece, but it's after you do the work, right? Okay. So they, they, they bring you the client, they book everything, and then they take a, they take a percentage of it. How are they getting the business? Do you know? Um, I can't speak for them. My understanding was they had some big contract with some relocation companies uh, and um, some large corporations that were relocating people all over. So that makes sense. Uh, yep. It's um, it's good for about five inspections a month right now. Okay. Um, they they promised me a lot more, but when I called them. They said they were having to slow down. A couple of their companies with COVID have decided not to relocate people. <laughs> so makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. But um, they're still working, and um, I like I like those. It fills up the schedule. Hey, yeah. There's a lot of big shifts happening. A lot of big money coming in, and um, you know that we could do a whole other episode on the future of the industry and what what um, the expansion of the home inspector role looks like in terms mm -hmm. of offering other services, connecting home buyers with contractors and, uh, you know, things in their home that they buy after the fact, it seems to come up almost every episode now. So it's a, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a dynamic. We all need to riff on more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is uh, definitely something that should always be on the mind of inspector um, where, where you're positioning yourself. Um, and there's a lot of um, opportunity being, being a solo guy and just, getting your um, pocket agents and um, being reliable and bringing customer service and professionalism to them. But there's also opportunity to align with these Inspectify type companies, you know, and be one of their preferred inspectors. Right. Um, you know, I would, I would also love to have a brainstorm sometime with um, how do aging inspectors that are aging out and just ready to give it up. Where's the value in their portfolio? Oh, this has been, this is something that's just, it's, it's always driven me nuts that there's not a graceful way for them to exit or transfer those relationships or the value. There's no standard approach. There's no way, there's no valuation mechanism. Mm -hmm. Do you, yeah. What, what do you think about this? Cause there's probably dozens of guys in your market that are going to hang it up next year? Um, I have a couple beta ideas. Um, and I would love to talk to some um, inspectors that are looking um, to transition out and, and bounce some ideas off them. And uh, just called us an invite for some of those guys to reach out to me. I have some ideas that I want their input on. Mm -hmm. uh, I've ran it by a couple people in there. They like the idea. They haven't um, jumped on it yet, but it's still in beta. Let me let me try it first, and if it's yeah. something that I think uh, is value, I'll bring it to you and let you decide if it's something that you see value in. And I would be happy to share at that time. Sure. I don't want to get people going in the wrong idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just throwing spaghetti against the wall here. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, it, it, the the top line would be I think there's a transition piece. Um, where the retiring inspector still stays engaged and there's a, a set period of commitment of um, 
um, percentage of leads or work performed that come out of their portfolio yeah. for, yep. you know, a few years and they can stay involved with one inspection a week or five inspections or as many as they want or not want. Yeah. It's gotta be some type of earn out royalty arrangement. I imagine I've heard of some yeah. of those working out well where they phase out um, yeah. and it protects all parties. Yeah. Um, I also think there's an opportunity um, that I want to explore one of my goals to, for retention, right, is hiring right people and then retaining. Um, I struggled with this. Um, 10-year-old daughter needed some braces and there's going to be a lot of work there. I couldn't find insurance that covered orthodontists, mm. right? And, and what I found out was you got to work at Google or Microsoft or Boeing right. to have that insurance. Right. So I want to find that insurance. I want to offer that to uh, the inspectors that, that work on my group and while and, and give them a good work-life balance that provides them with good 401k, good insurance, all those other things that seem to be slipping away, right? Even right. in the big workforces, you know, health insurance is always the first to, to go away or cost more and no benefits. So I'm going to try to, you know, that's my intent is for my sales team is, or my, sorry, my inspector team mm -hmm. to, to be able to give them a good quality of life and uh, work-life balance and provide for their kids. So That's the way to win. Where is, that, where is that insurance, right? I got to find that group policy. So let me know if it exists. Um, that, that would be very appealing. Yeah, um, yeah, with a couple of minutes left, what else, what else did you have on your list? What else do you want to, what else do you want to chat about? Um, let's see. I think we touched everything. Um, you know, that's, I think we covered everything on my list. You know, it really, the keys to my success have been um, agent referrals, you know, and I keep, um, I'm always looking for agent referrals. I'm always checking in with the agents I work with to make sure that um, we're exceeding their expectations. And if not, what can I do different? Do you check in text, phone call, email, all the yeah. above? Yep. We'll check in text. Um, I'm not afraid to ask if I can meet them for lunch or meet their group for lunch and, and say hello and say thanks. Um, I'm very um, fortunate to, to have the success I'm, I got and it's continuing to grow. And I just never want to, you know, not let everyone know that I'm thankful for the, their support. You know, recommending you. So that's, it's key, right? Relationships. The ROI on gratitude is undefeated. That's uh, that might be the, the biggest ROI in general. <laughs> yeah. Very, very thankful. Well, cool. Well, Joe, I've enjoyed this, man. I appreciate the time and the insight. Um, there's some nuggets in here. I think it's going to help everybody. So thank you for taking the time and for listening and uh, sharing some knowledge. Oh, thanks, Kevin. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day and uh, probably a busy December. I mean, it's, it's coming. It's coming. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm.